the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome. Welcome back to our itsy bitsy, teensy weensy Saturday evening show. I'm Randy Corcoran, your pumped up purveyor of principled, passionate patriotism, banging and scrapping and kicking my way into a new year, no matter what gets thrown my way. And I got to tell you, I woke up this morning, I don't know, about 6.15 or so, and um, 7.10, the app is on my phone, and I'm flipped on, and uh, Jimmy was on, and you know I was doing other things, wasn't really paying close attention, and came back around the top of the hour, and what a celebration. Have you know? well, heck yeah, Alexa notices, 7.10, KNUS, text-to-studio app. Um, if you don't have it, download it. You can hear us anywhere you have an internet signal, crystal clear. You don't have to worry about directional, low-wattage AM broadcasts when you have the 710 KNUS app. But the best thing is you can text to the studio, pops right in, I get to see it. And naturally, almost habitually, every live show here at 710, Alexa will be the first to text. And we love you for that, Alexa. Thank you. But she hit it. I really appreciate the change to now getting news from townhall.com. The CBS feed was typical mainstream media and at times certainly pushed propaganda and the left's agenda. I'd go a little further than that. I was getting to the point I was critical if I thought about it coming back from every news break of some stupid thing that they would say, some stupid spin some assumption built into a purported fact to try and create a narrative so sick of the corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media machine to hear town hall, just awesome. So who's ever responsible for that big change, God bless you, thank you, can almost breathe during the news breaks now. And thank you for noticing, Alexa. What else you got? Oh, yeah, tomorrow. Yep, I'll probably talk about that now that you bring it up. Um, need to, I think. But before I jump into sort of where I'm at after the, you know, I was with you after Christmas and before we got to New Year's and um, uh, and some things that have gone on over the last week, I sat down and I think the last live show on 710 on Saturdays is Peter Boyle's. So I don't know if he left this up or not, but this is um, this was just a news story from the Hill. And I sat down. I just started laughing. Biden orders strikes on Iranian group in Iraq after three U.S. service members wounded. Joe Biden couldn't order himself a ham sandwich. You, you know, he didn't order any such thing. He is a puppet on a string. They tell him where to sit. They tell him where to stand. They tell him what to sign. Um, John Corbliss is behind the glass. He's been producing um, Wake Up with Randy Corporate now for the last couple of weeks, really doing a great job. And we had to mess with the uh, or go through, you know, the audio of the Biden 
Valley Forge speech, the Save Democracy speech, the the set up the parameters of the upcoming election speech. And we're going to uh, play some clips from that. But in watching it, and I, I, I will admit, I read it. I did not watch it all. I just jumped around and grabbed some sound after I read what was in it. Because I can read Joe Biden a whole lot faster than he can stutter through a teleprompter. But before, if you watch the speech, and God help you if you did, you were a better man or woman or someone in transition than I. But Jill literally had, has to walk him out on stage. And it just so gingerly, you know, the way he has to tiptoe out there, tiptoe along. And then set him up in front of his teleprompter. And, uh, you know, I don't know if there's a secret switch or they, there's a wind-up, like a, one of those old grandfather clock keys that you stick in somewhere on Joe to wind him up. I'm, I'm not sure exactly how all that works. Um, and then let him rip. And I do have to say, for and given what I've seen out of Joe Biden and trying to get through uh, teleprompter speeches of any length, he was he was in pretty good shape. I mean, he he mumbled and bumbled his way through this one with a pretty good attention span and got most of the words right and, and didn't stutter or stammer too darn much. And then at the end of the speech, old Jill had to come and uh, help escort him off the stage. I mean, you've seen the videos of Joe just wandering around like, where do I go now? Who am I this time? Where are the steps? Where's the room? Where's the restroom? Quick. Uh, so Jill was there to help him off and on the stage. And um, we are definitely going to dig into some of the language from the speech. We also, as I talked to Mike Boyle about on the transition, we've got that entire God made Trump clip. I think it's out as a political ad. It's just beautiful. It's just brilliant. And, and what I love about it the most is especially the weak-kneed, soft-underbellied, never-Trump Republicans just gasping. And, oh, my God, it's sacrilegious, and Trump thinks he's God. And we'll play it. Uh, we've got it cut up into a few bite-sized pieces. We'll play it and see what you think. The one thing that we learned, though, from the creepy, sleepy, showers with daughter takes – bribes and payoffs and is as corrupt as he is demented joe biden the one thing that we got out of his speech is this i understand power yeah thank you all i'm gonna get now I don't know if that is the that music is what was being played at the end of the Joe Biden speech because um, I had turned down the volume by that point and was just watching Jill try and direct him and help him put one foot very you know these little steps he takes one foot in front of the other um, and guide him off the stage. But what he said, the speech was over. And the out music was being played and the, you know, the the maybe 100 people that were in this room around him, be 10,000 in the room if it was a Donald Trump speech. But the 
small number of people that were around him were, were cheering. And did you hear what he had to say? I'll just play it up to that point and then stop it. I understand power. Indeed he does. Or at least the puppeteers who are pulling his puppet strings understand power. The power of using the Justice Department, the power of the alphabet agencies, the power of the ever-growing administrative state, obviously the power of the presidency and executive orders, even ones that are ultimately stopped by courts, can do tremendous damage in very limited time. The power of the censorship that Democrats were utilizing before the 2020 election, so many things that happened, you know, 2020. Uh, leading up to it, after it, not just talking about the, the stolen election, but the things that we've begun to learn, thanks in part to Elon Musk and his takeover of Twitter Now X, rolling out the proof that the FBI had back channels into Twitter and was giving them information about things that they thought, you know, should be um, censored, slowed down, shadow banned. Uh, have the tags put over, you know, trusted sources, experts say that this is not true. All of that nonsense that was going on about the elections, about the Hunter Biden laptop. They went through such incredible efforts to keep you from understanding not necessarily just the truth, but even just the other side of a story. Because not only did they suppress absolute truth about the Russian collusion hoax and Hillary Clinton's ties to it and paying for it. And, you know, ultimately she paid a hundred thousand dollar fine for her role in the fake dossier that led to the Russia, Russia hoax and the Russia, Russia impeachment. They hid the other side of the story from you. They tried to muffle and silence conservative voices and they don't, and they still have lots of tools to do that. Of course, Google being the worst, Facebook, YouTube, they're still playing the same games. Twitter slash X trying to be the most open, free speech, public forum for political, medical, social, and other debates ever. And it's working. It's extraordinary. And it's really helping sort of equalize the playing field. I remember back in 2014 when I started doing talk radio for the first time, had a morning show Monday through Fridays. It was, what, five to eight, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, loved it. it. Got my feet wet. And I remember I used to talk about how I believed at that time that social media, these this access to things like Facebook and Twitter and what were some of the older ones that are I don't pay any attention to you probably don't pay any attention to anymore either that they were going to be the great equalizer because we couldn't control the corrupt coordinated Democrat media machine we couldn't you know rein in CBS ABC NBC the Oscars the Emmys the award shows the the afternoon talk shows we, we couldn't influence how they put out their spewed out their propaganda because you know we didn't have that kind of reach didn't have that kind of money didn't have those kinds of platforms and i really believed at the time that social media could and would be the great equalizer because now joe blow 
in his basement, even if it's Joe Blow is now Jeanette Blow living in his, her grandmother's basement and a radical leftist, they could get their word out. They could get their message out. They could have their voice heard. And if what they had to say was of interest, it could go to hundreds and then thousands and sometimes tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people never dreaming that the left was radically in control of those mechanisms as well. And so we had to go through the, the Trump trauma, and, the, and by that I mean everybody, from the radical left to the never-Trumpers to the people in charge of the alphabet soup agencies being opposed to Trump and trying to make it look like, seem like, feel like that the Trump years were just so chaotic and so catastrophic when when you sit back and look what life was like during those years and compare to these last three years of Bidenomics and a wide open, catastrophically open border and the weakness that we have on the world stage and the increasing power and wealth of Iran and others and the the half-hearted efforts to support Israel and Everything we see under this administration, contrast that and then step back and recognize that the cause of the chaos was the propaganda from the media, the radical left helped by those in charge, including people Trump himself had hired, appointed, um, trying to run interference every step of the way. And then the violence, the street violence by the radical left. Radical left tries to continue to keep us focused, and Biden, as you'll hear in his Valley Forge speech, did try to keep the focus on January 6th like it was the biggest, worst, most dramatic, most upsetting, outrageous thing that's ever happened in the history of America, trying to overthrow a government. No weapons, you know, a guy wearing a Vikings helmet. I mean, come on. The word insurrection, it it doesn't mean anything anymore if you actually try to argue that that's what January 6th was. Illegality, yes. Criminality, yes. People that should be punished, yes. A riot, yes. Inappropriate, yes. Was it what the MAGA supporters, the Trump supporters wanted? No, because we had our vote. We had our vote in Congress. One member of the House, one member of the Senate had challenged the results of the election such that there was going to be debate and there was going to be the possibility of extending the certification process for up to seven, maybe 10 days because the states were asking for it. And it was for the first time in American history, you had a House member and a Senate member. The Democrats who tried this after the Bush elections and after other elections tried to make the claim that the electoral count should be challenged. They could never get a member from both the House and the Senate, but they did it multiple times. It wasn't a crime then. It wasn't anti-American, anti-democratic, insurrectionist to do it then only because it was us, only it was only because it was designed to help Trump only because they can't stand the possibility that a populist uprising and a populist movement could gain steam in America as it did during the four years under President Trump, as it's happening all around the world in multiple countries. The globalists, 
the One World Order folks, the power-hungry, creepy Marxists-slash-communists who are in charge of many of the facets of our government right now, they can't possibly allow another resurgence of a Make Make America Great Again movement like they saw from 2016 to 2020, and they're going to do everything in their power to knock it down. All right, I see I've talked my way all the way up to the break without taking a single phone call, but let's go ahead and take our pause right now, and we'll get to the phones. I need to tell you a little bit about this last week of mine. Get it last week of mine. Get it off my chest. Get it out of the way so we can power forward with this great audio and so many hot topics tonight. As you're aware, I'm sure uh, Doug Lamborn has announced he will not be running again in, for his congressional seat down in Douglas County. Uh, that makes that a wi- another wide-open seat, just like Ken Buck. No incumbent will be there. And I'm already hearing and seeing speculation that Dave Williams, the Colorado State GOP chair, will run again for that seat as he did last year, or now, what, it's two years ago. Man, oh, man. So much to talk about. Is that a good thing, a bad thing? I'll also give you an update. We have a hearing now in federal district court for the lawsuit that uh, my good friend, winky wink Peter, my good friend John Eastman and I brought another lawsuit on behalf this time of the Colorado State GOP to stop the radical, dangerous, unfair, unconstitutional, semi-open primary system that exists in Colorado. We have a court date now, and it is this month. So I'll tell you all about that. We'll get to some calls. We'll get this bad boy fired up. All you've got to do is stay right there as we continue here on 710 KNUS. You're going to get the animals theme tonight here on Wake Up. Get your head out of the nether regions with Randy Corcoran. Our phone number, 303-696-1971, 303-696-1971. That was Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood, which I thought was just a perfect first bumper music song for the show tonight, given the Donald Trump, uh, God Made Trump video that everybody is so Twitter-pated about. My God, the the <laughs> I just love the, I don't know if it's manufactured outrage or people are just that stupid but uh, we'll talk more and more about that before we go to the phones let me just get a couple of things off my chest and alexa kind of triggered this so you know we had uh i did the show what was it uh, the 30th the day before new year's eve and new year's eve and new year's are often kind of off days for me because my brother's birthday um was december 31st 1955 Lost him in 1982. So, you know, you always get that kind of reminder. If you're a regular listener to the show, you know that, uh, you know, I'm about seven months out now from the loss of my soulmate, the love of my life, my 28-year companion, uh, Tana Corcoran. And um, so, you know, at some point you have to start looking ahead, right? You've got to recognize you're going to get knocked upside the head once in a while and a cry for no apparent reason over over or or for a reason over some stupid thing that reminds you of some other wonderful thing that all that is going to happen. And so um, I had a, a wonderful New Year's Eve and um, spent it with someone that I really care about. 
and was feeling pretty good on New Year's Day. And, you know, it doesn't do away. It's way too soon to be, you know, be sort of, I don't think you ever get beyond the lo- the loss of uh, a, your soulmate or your husband or wife, your child and brothers and parents. I mean, we all, right, we all have those triggers that hit you. So Tuesday morning, I'm up and man, I am ready for a week of work. I am ready to just try and throw off the dust and dirt and pain and agony and blood and guts of 2023 and look ahead. A lot of political things going on. I've got to decide if I'm going to run for Republican National Committee man because my term is up uh, after the presidential convention this year. Uh, I've got to look ahead. You know, two new beautiful new grandbabies were born near uh, since my wife has passed. So we've got five now, all the family right here. Uh, a law firm to clean up. I've been absent from it for months and months. And so, you know, I woke up ready, ready to go. And I get a call that uh, my oldest, first, best buddy, guy I went to Bronco games with for 20 plus years, who was the best man at my wedding, a pallbearer at my wife's funeral, um, and just, you know, even when I lived in Chicago, we stayed in touch. You know, that kind of a friend. Literally the first person I can recall of making friends with. And in fact, one of the first memories of my life was of his brother, his big brother. He had eight brothers and sisters, one who died very young. But otherwise, you know, it was a family of eight kids right there a block away from where I grew up. And my first memory of his brother coming over and falling out of our big tree we had in the backyard, falling out of our treehouse, and my mom running out there and putting a pillow under his head. But uh, anyway, I get the call that, that my just my, my oldest friend, Craig O'Brien, had a massive heart attack in his living room and died. Just bam, like stood up or was standing. I, I heard the whole story. His wife was right there with him. And, um, and he, you know, he all of a sudden said, oh, bleep, went to his knees, and there was nothing anybody could do for him. And he was just a little over a month shy of his 66th birthday. So he was only a year and a half older than me. And so I'm like, God, you know, I'm trying to get away from those feelings of death. So obviously the next couple of days are trashed for me because I'm helping his widow and and trying to share what I know and, and taking advantage of the things I learned from the loss of my wife to get things moving for her. And um, okay, so I get through that day and come Wednesday, I'm up early again. I'm going to try again, shake it off. I'm certainly going to stay, you know, completely involved in whatever services and things that we need to do for my, my friend who's gone and help his widow, who's also a dear friend. And I come down stairs to the basement of my house where we have two cats that my wife got 17 plus years ago. And I, and one of them is a Tonkinese, which is like a, a bat, you know, a, a kind of a Siamese bat, smartest deepest soul, most loving, um, talkative cat I've ever been around who almost died last year. We, we went through heroic measures to save him, which made my wife 
so very happy. He was doing very well when she passed unexpectedly. And he's and the, he's dead on the floor. Just just dead. It was fine the night before, all in my grill. Um, you know, he's definitely getting weaker, couldn't jump as well, wasn't quite as accurate, but just loving and active and uh, and just dead on the floor. So I have decided that, you know, this is the end of the first week of the year, not the first full week, but the first calendar piece of 2024. My 2024 is going to start tomorrow. I am putting an end to all this death, all of this nonsense. And then I sat down and Alexa, I hadn't thought about this yet, Alexa, but I'm glad you brought it up so I can get it out of the way. Tomorrow will be the third anniversary of when my mom died. So I'm not going to start my new year tomorrow. I'm going to start my new year on Monday, January the 8th, and I'm going to put death behind me. And for any and all of you who are just understand why when you're in the midst of loss, you've got to get it out of your system. Thank you for um, listening. Had someone call me the other day and I was just talking about and they were commenting on the show last week. And I thought, man, I just get caught up in this personal stuff. And they said, no, um, no, it's all right, because those of us who haven't gone through it can learn about it. Those of us who have gone through it know exactly how you feel, and um, and we got your back. So um, anyway, that's all I'm going to do on death and loss, and I'm going to get through at 12.01 tonight. My new 2024 starts. I'm going to work so hard to keep all this behind me. Look ahead. Bring you along. Stay up and positive and busy and active because it's the only way I know how to survive and to move forward. And I got to tell you, I know Victor Davis Hanson wrote about this. Um, and I I was going to pull that, bring that piece in, but I, I didn't. Regardless, um, 2024 may be the most dramatic and in an ugly way, dramatic year, politically, social unrest-wise, in at least modern American history may go back to Civil War days. I mean, the the dividing lines are drawn. I personally believe that evil is unleashed in this world. The way some people act, the way some people ignore and avoid and lie. And then just everything we're seeing, a, a, a so-called putative president who... Uh, who leaves a border wide open for two years, millions and millions of illegal aliens. Uh, and you know terrorists have come in. You know child traffickers and drug dealers have come in. But they don't care. They don't care about American sovereignty. They don't care about your safety. They care about their own power. They're flooding our shores for votes and for people who will be reliant on government to take care of them. And so... It's, and then you've got, of course, the Trump versus, it's not going to be Biden. Anybody who thinks it's going to be Biden, I, I just, you'll have to explain that one to me. Michelle Obama's dropping in. Um, I think it was Peter who said this morning, she doesn't want it. I take her at her word. Why in God's name would you take her at her word? 
She's been doing everything political, all the talk shows, the autobiographies, the same crap Barack Hussein Obama did before he ran for president. Of course, the Obamas are in charge right now. Of course, the Obamas would move back into the would love to move back into the White House. And she's probably the most dangerous candidate that the Democrats have. So that's been my prediction, along with the filmmaker Joel Gilbert for a long time. I think he's got the he's really done the definitive uh, book and documentary on why that's going to be true. But imagine how ugly it's going to get. Just remember that how they started burning Washington, D.C., Trump's inauguration, all of the BLM garbage, all of the deaths, all of the burning police stations and city blocks and the takeover of areas of, of cities in Oregon. And my God. God, you think it was bad then. It's going to be ugly. So I cannot carry my personal circumstances, my personal grief, any of those things that I'm learning to live with into these battles. I got kids. They got kids. You got kids or grandkids. You got people that you care about. And it is game on, not only for the United States of America, but for the way of life of those of us who admire and understand constitutionally limited government and the value of Western, the historic values of Western civilization, warts and all. So you're going to be hearing a lot more politics and a lot less history uh, from me, personal history, on this show as we move forward, uh, assuming they welcome me back for another week, but we'll see about that. Anyway, 539. You know, let's push this break. We've had uh, callers waiting forever. Let's go to our first caller of the night, Brian in Arvada. We can go to the break late. Brian, welcome. Brandy, I hope you're doing well, buddy. I am, my man. I wish you nothing but the best. I know, you know, it's hard. Until you've been through something, you don't know what it's like to be through something. So I can't tell you advice on something, you know, I haven't been through, but... uh I can only wish you the best. Yeah, like that. I got to tell you, brother, I, I I share it because many in this audience care about my stuff and are looking out for me. But I am I am I am game on. Well, because you on. and Matt. Now, listen, Randy, you and Matt are the two that just don't you don't cower to nothing. You just say it the way it is. So for that, people actually respect you. Maybe you should be on during the week, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, decisions above my pay grade. I don't know how I do it anyway. But at this point, but uh, but today, today is a you know it's a moment of remembrance. Have you forgotten, Randy? It's one six. No, I, I'm going to talk. We almost lost our democracy for crying out loud. I, I'm sure a lot of people are you know really over concerned about it at this point. Yeah, it's it's so ridiculous. I I'm going to be talking more about that when we play these clips from the Biden speech. Did you hear Biden's speech? Any of it? The Valley Forge. Well, I tuned into a couple Bay. where he was saying democracy is in threat if you get Trump. Well, no, dude, you're the one censoring everybody. You're you're the one over there with a needle in your hand wanting to jab it in my arm. What are you talking about? At some point. We all got to wake up. I mean, the whole thing is just completely stupid at this point. It does, it's not even where you can even go, okay, well, maybe. It's just completely retarded. 
Yeah, it we're is, living through retarded times. Brian, it is really funny to hear commentators, to hear uh, radio people, to hear, to read and uh, what people are writing still about January 6th, as though we don't have the audio, the video that was released by Tucker, as though we don't have the the actual timing and track record of the steps Donald Trump took before January 6th and after the riot began at the Capitol. They act like none of that exists, and it's just some kind of fact now that it was an insurrection. Well, they act like we're stupid. Yeah. How exactly. many people are really sitting there going, oh, man, this is a threat to my democracy. These poor senators hit under desk. Whatever. The whole thing's dumb. We all know the FBI was involved. Christopher Ray's over there smirking when he's asking, you know, they ask him, how many FBI agents? Well, it's under investigation, sir, so, you know, we really can't yeah. tell you. I mean, the whole thing's a joke. They act like we're dumb, and maybe we are dumb. I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out in a year how stupid America is, because none of it makes any sense, guys. Reason is reason. You see that Griswold uh, Jenna? She went on every stupid left-wing channel running her mouth. Did you see that, Randy? Well, I read something, and I didn't confirm it. So tell me if you've seen anything that confirms it, that she said that if Trump was on the ballot, she wouldn't count the votes. Now, is that true, or is that just something I read on social no, media? No, I didn't hear that. Okay. But you know what's funny? She was with Joy Reid, Rachel. I mean, she went Aww. on all the nut job shows, and her eyes just stare. She never even blinks. I mean, she's a mess. She's a nut job. Well, and doesn't, anyhow, doesn't she remind you of that main Secretary of State? Like, is this some kind of George Soros factory? That, they might be that sisters, for all I know. They're both nut jobs, is you know what I've concluded. Well, the the age seems to be similar. The style of talking seems to be sim- similar. The power crazed, you know, left wing focus on uh, how they execute their job, their office seems to be very similar. But go ahead, you had one more point to make. All right. Well, she was on the Joy Reid show. I, I think it was either uh, Wednesday or Thursday. But Joy Reid was talking to her, and she's like, yeah, Trump's an insurrectionist. I mean, just embarrassing Colorado. Somebody's got to tell her to shut up, actually. <laughs> but anyhow, so they went on rambling. And uh, Joy goes, hey, while we're at it, why don't we just get rid of that Lauren Boebert? I mean, she was part of the insurrection, too. Yeah. And then in the same sentence, this idiot. Okay, this is the one we're depending on our election integrity for. This idiot said, well, you know, there are laws and, you know, you got to be actually uh, proven to be this, that and the other. It's like, except for your Trump. Yeah. She really thinks we're stupid. Yeah. Well, what I love, Brian, and then we'll take our break, is that they just expose themselves constantly. And more and more people are seeing them for who they are. And when you see the results of Democrats in control of towns, cities, states, and now countries, um, people are people are getting fed up. And I love that aspect of this. It's part of the what I hope to be the great reset, the great pendulum swing back to the right. Um, and I sure do appreciate your kind words. I hope your new year is off to a great start, Brian. Randy, you know, I always got to check in with you. God bless you, my friend. Remember, tomorrow, yesterday's gone. There's nothing we can do about it. We can only hold memories. Yeah. But if we hold memories more than we look forward, 
then that's where we get in trouble. And that's the hardest thing to do is, you know, as humans. But uh, that's my last word to y'all. Well, it's tough, brother, but I'm getting a handle on it. And uh, I hope we get to meet someday. God bless you, sir. All right. Brian is gone, and so are we, because we are late on our break. Phone lines are open at 303-696-1971. 696-1971. More ahead. Stay with us. 710-KNUS. See, we're doing some animals tonight, paying a little tribute to the loss of my deceased wife's beautiful Tonkinese cat. I just was thinking about animals, and then animals music popped up. So, And then Warm San Francisco, and I mean, the first song was, you know, don't, don't let me be misunderstood, was such a perfect fit for what you're going to hear on the Trump uh, and, but Trump didn't make this, by the way. This was a meme, a, a video put together for Trump. God made Trump's phenomenal. Um, but, of course, I know that the misunderstanding of Trump is not is not legitimate. It's it's intentional. They just misrepresent. Oh, my God, they're trying to create another narrative to take down Trump because somebody makes this wonderful takeoff on a Paul Harvey video long ago. God made a farmer. Audio, not video. Uh, but God made a farm. I played it. I've played chunks of that Paul Harvey thing on this show, I think when we were on Saturday afternoons. But um, anyway, San Francisco Nights, your people are beautiful and so is your city. That was back in 1967. Have you looked at any video of San Francisco now? You know, you've got to download the app to find out where the human feces is so you can avoid it. I mean, God. And I've been to San Francisco many times, including on a motorcycle trip. And it was beautiful. Just going out on the docks, just watching them bring in the fish, the the uh, uh, Navy ports, and just all of it. Phenomenal. So beautiful. Until Democrats take over. Just like my own beautiful downtown Denver, where, by the way, the temperature has dropped three degrees since I got here. Less than an hour ago, it's now 32 degrees in Aurora, 34 over there in hell, otherwise known as the Mile High City of Denver. My beloved birth city, now a trash heap of garbage and homelessness and drug use and crime and misdesigned streets, the the priorities in that city, a city where, you know, I know it, it... the sun shines 300 days a year, more than Honolulu. Back in the 90s when I was planning to move to Hawaii, but then my grandma passed away and my grandpa was still here and, you know, just changed that life plan. But I remember always reading, more sun in Colorado than in Honolulu. And then, they, But they design these bike trails, bicycle. Uh, they take away lanes of the road and parking areas for these bike things and then they put the roundy rounds in the middle of the intersections as though people are going to use their bikes you know more than three or four months out of the year in Colorado it just the stupidity is so bad so and a warm San Francisco night sounds pretty good but I'd rather experience it virtually or in some other safe city maybe in Florida or something just that bad. couple of things I need to bring to your attention. First of all, phone number 303-696-1971, 696-1971. Our first Arapahoe Tea Party meeting of the year should be next Tuesday. 
upcoming this Tuesday. But I do not have an event up. We are not offering tickets because there seems to be a hiccup in access to our venue. Our last meeting in November, we said we're looking for a new venue. We we weren't letting go of South Metro Fire. But um, obviously with the death of my friend and then my cat and once again being out of the loop and was relying on other people and we don't have an answer whether we have access to the South Metro next Tuesday. So if you are, a, and, and we were standing room only in our last meeting of the year in November, literally people stood uh, and I, we had probably 100 plus chairs, but people were standing along the walls and uh, many stayed, stood and sta- standed and stood stood and stayed for the whole meeting and uh, trying to avoid that by getting a bigger venue and all. But anyway, bottom line is there's no event up. If you are an Arapaho Tea Party uh, member and you're on our email list, then you probably got an update yesterday. I know one was sent out. I didn't read it, but I know it was sent out. And there'll be another one on Monday when we verify whether we're having a meeting on Tuesday or not. And if we don't, you know, I mean, ultimately my fault. I've just not was not paying close attention and uh, with everything else that's been going on for me. Um, but Monday we may get word. Yeah, of course, you're you're still here at the South Metro and we'll send out a blast email and let you know. I might even call in to uh, well, I guess we only have one live show now during the week huh? in the mornings. Well, maybe I'll call into Georgia's show and put the word out. Regardless, if you are interested in Rappo Tea Party and you want to make sure that you're updated on our new venue for February or whether we're back in our old venue, um, including this coming Tuesday, then just send an email to Party at gmail.com. And Arapaho has an E in it on the end, Party at gmail.com, and you'll get all of our updates. I think our last email went out to something like 10,000 people. So that's pretty cool. Um, but anyway, that's all I can tell you about that. The other thing in the little bit of time that I've got left, I mentioned this a couple of breaks ago, we have a hearing in our lawsuit, the Colorado State GOP's lawsuit to finally, once and for all, do away with what has been a very damaging semi-open primary policy here in Colorado, as it is in other states that implement this garbage, unconstitutional as according to the United States Supreme Court, as we will argue, in our preliminary injunction hearing, we filed a motion for a preliminary injunction. We've got a hearing date. It's Tuesday, January 23rd. I'm guessing it will run into a second day on the 24th, though we're trying to work with the Secretary of State and her lawyers to cut down on testimony on things we can agree with, things that are decisions of law. But we did it chair of the Colorado State GOP put the party in as a, quote, party. That's why we lost this lawsuit two years ago. Um, now we'll get a chance to hear the merits of the case, and we're trying for a pre- preliminary injunction to stop the semi-open primary this year, this critical 2024 election year, and we've got ourselves a hearing coming up in just a couple of weeks. So that is pretty exciting. We're going to jump into God Made Trump, the Biden power democracy speech. Your calls if they come. All of that's ahead. Stay with us. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.